Mary Education presents The Road to College, a helpful podcast series designed to support families everywhere as they navigate the college admissions process. Hi, welcome to The Road to College. My name is Joan Nguyen, and I'm the founder of Mary Education and your host for The Road to College. If you've been following along, you know that this is our third and last one-on-one for this month. For those of you just joining us, make sure you check out episode two of The Road to College. We go into the nitty gritties of writing a compelling personal statement, and we first introduce all of our one-on-one guests during that episode. So make sure you give it a listen. Today, you're going to hear from Deanna. Deanna is headed for USC. As a Trojan myself, I just want to say, go Trojans! As an excellent harpist and the first in her family to attend college, Deanna had a bit of a different perspective on the college admissions process. When you're the first in your family to go to college, there are a ton of unknowns for both the student and the family, making the navigation of this process pretty difficult. Deanna is a second-generation Romanian-American, and having immigrant parents who aren't familiar with the American educational system at all makes things especially tough. I first met Deanna about a year ago. I remember it pretty clearly, actually, when your dad first called me. Uh, He was referred by one of my old, old clients, the Jaegers, which I have been working with those girls for many, many years. And it was probably the most robust conversation I've ever had with a client. First, your dad talks a million miles a minute. He talks super fast. And secondly, he has this sort of like unmatched enthusiasm about everything especially about you, his only child. I'm not surprised because I do get the talks a million miles a minute gene from him and the unmatched enthusiasm thing. He applies that to every part of his Mm -hmm. life, especially to me because I am the only child and being the first generation American and the daughter of immigrants, there's especially a lot of unmatched enthusiasm, to use your words, about me going to college. Right, exactly. Your dad did say, he said, you know, I want my daughter to have the best opportunity. He, he, I mean, he didn't say, I want my daughter to go to Harvard, but he just said, I want my daughter to get the best opportunity. And just to kind of give the audience a little bit more understanding about your background, you are the first in your family to go to college, right? Yes. And you're a second generation American, meaning that your parents were born in Romania? Yes. Okay, awesome. Um, Romania is a small Eastern European country between like Ukraine, Bulgaria, around that area. It's also very small. It's about the size of California, except Mm -hmm. condensed into like a circle. Right. A very, very, very condensed California. Uh Uh-huh. And because of its geographical location, it was behind the Iron Curtain. And my parents grew up behind the Iron Curtain under a socialist dictatorship. Nicolae Ceausescu. Mm -hmm. And when you grow up in a poor country, constantly oppressed, and then you come to America with opportunities, that's why they're so focused on saying, I want my daughter to have opportunities. They don't want me to get somewhere just because of my story. They want me to get there because I work hard. Right, definitely. And I can certainly uh, empathize. I'm second generation American. My parents are Vietnamese refugees. And so I remember my dad uh, would also kind of put a lot of, not pressure, but he would want the best for me. 
He would want me to get all the opportunities available in the United States, in America, because back then Vietnam was you know, overrun by communists. And that also led my parents to not really understand the process so well. I remember when I actually even graduated college, my dad asked me, are you a lawyer yet? And I'm like, no, dad, I just got my bachelor's degree. And he really didn't understand that. He didn't understand that there was undergraduate school and graduate school. So even for me, applying to college was, I was really on my own. Yeah, my father had a similar reaction when I was applying because he'd be like, did you get into Harvard yet? I was like, dad, I didn't apply to Harvard. Uh And this was in... November before applications (laughs) were even due. Yeah. And I didn't really apply early decisions, so I didn't get notifications that early. Sure. So what is some interesting insight, I guess, that you'd like to share as a first-generation college student with parents who really didn't know much about the American educational system, much less about the college admissions process? Well, first of all, Google is your friend. Right. Research is key because my parents didn't know and I didn't know. And when I started the process, especially working with you, it helped me get a lot of clarity. And I had to communicate that information back to my parents. Mm-hmm. Because the college admissions process is not stressful only for you, but for people in like my shoes, as you said, it's also stressful for the parents. So it was also important for me to communicate to them what was going on, what I was doing so that they would understand and like feel included in the process. Mm -hmm. So what resources do you think outside of Google really helped guide you a little bit better in the process? I'm sure not everything, I mean, most things you can Google, but not everything was as easy to Google. Yes, well, you and Mary Education were an invaluable resource to me. Oh, good. Because the college admissions process, especially writing essays, it comes naturally to no one. Or right. Maybe very few people. Like even when you're a good writer, it takes like skill and inside knowledge like you to kind of write what the colleges are looking for, to kind of format your essays in an appropriate way for your audience. I really love listening to Deanna talk. Like her dad, she is so enthusiastic and passionate about her interests, which really showed through her essays and her college application. In a way, her motley of interests portrayed more of a well-rounded young woman than a fragmented, aimless kid. And in your essays, it becomes pretty evident that Deanna Postalacci is two things. She is a writer and a musician. So why, why is writing so important to you and why is music so important to you? Well, I used to be a, like a really, really, really bad writer with a beyond terrible sense of grammar. Until around middle school when I started coming into my own and being able to, number one, to say me and I instead of I and me, Mm -hmm. and start to write more creatively and descriptively and get a better understanding of why writing is important. And to me, writing is important because it gives me an outlet, a way to change my unique, concrete, individualized experiences into an abstract concept that has universal appeal to many people. Music also has universal appeal. It can get you through some tough times, like after a breakup, you listen to a lot of Adele, Mm -hmm. or when you pass a class or you get an unexpectedly high grade, you might listen to 
We Are the Champions by Queen. Right. And music just has a way to connect with people of all backgrounds and experiences. And music, personally for me, has been a way to work through my thoughts and my feelings. Like, as you mentioned previously, Mm -hmm. I'm a harpist. So after my grandfather died, I would, like, end up playing these really, like, sad serenades. Mm -hmm. Not even advanced pieces, but the basic stuff I learned in minor keys to kind of just help me put my pain into something productive. Great. But, of course, after having worked with you as much as I did, and we, we would see each other pretty much every week, if not twice a week, uh, during this entire process, I learned that you are many, many other things. Well, my other interests are primarily, like, also artistic. Like, I'm super into art and history and movies and comic books. But my, like, special scientific interest is space. I used to have the little glow-in-the-dark stars on my room. Right. And I had the solar system poster on my wall with all the facts about the planets. And... That's also just interesting to me. It's one of those things where you can't exactly really pinpoint why it fascinates you, but it does. As easy as essay writing may have been for her, it's not to say that Deanna had an easy senior year. She had many layers of stress, a lot of stress that most applicants don't really foresee in their senior year. So I asked Deanna if she would do anything differently in retrospect. I would have gotten help a lot earlier because I started a little bit late Mm -hmm. and being as clueless as I was, the process was a little bit challenging. I would have also started SAT prep with my education and practiced more of that stuff earlier on so that I wouldn't be working to get like a better SAT score at the last minute right. while working on college applications. I do remember at the same that. Time. Yeah. That was very stressful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you were doing not only SAT prep for the regular reasoning test, but you were also doing SAT subject tests because a lot of your schools did require SAT subject tests. And I think that just added so many, so many layers of stress for you. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's funny you say that you started late. I mean, you started late according to what I say. Because I'm like, Deanna, we should have started in June. What what are we doing? But when did we really start? Remind me again. I think it was September? No, it was middle end of august like august 20 something right so that that actually is pretty early so anybody who's listening to this is probably having a panic attack right now (laughs) sorry guys (laughs) because they're probably like oh my gosh i'm late and it and the reality is is that if we had started in june which all of my kids this year are starting in june it would have been a lot less stressful for you considering that your senior year course load was crazy yeah to say the least i was taking five ap classes Along with an AP BC calculus class, and that is my weaker point. But it was definitely a challenge, and it worked out in the end, so. It did, it did, and you remained resilient the entire time. But as utterly confusing and frustrating the process might have been for Deanna and her family, it held just as much, if not more, meaning and celebration when Deanna received her acceptances. I was at school, and my mom was at home, and my dad was at work. And my mom had gone out to get the mail just as soon as the mailwoman had arrived. Mm-hmm. And the lady just kind of gave her the mail. And on top, she put this, like, box with the USC on it and said, congratulations. The mail lady told my mom, congratulations. Oh, my God, she did. Yeah, because it was the big box. Okay, but was- sometimes you know that acceptances do come in small envelopes. And some big envelopes actually are denials. 
that's cruel and unusual. It is. Thank God it wasn't like yeah. that. <laughs> and then my mom was really excited, and then she opened it, and then she texts me the pictures of the open envelope and the box and says, you got into USC. I was at lunch, and like it kind of let out a little scream. Good. And I eat lunch by the library, so uh-huh. that wasn't the smartest idea. Oh, not good. Idea. Okay. And then she texted my dad, who like was golfing, I think. Right. And I think he just like, Right after that, he, like, played badly the entire time. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Because USC kind of does have a legacy to our family. Because when my dad first immigrated here, he was a refugee Mm -hmm. and struggled a lot financially. And he's a very smart man. Right. And the school, he always said he wished he could have gone to if he had the resources and the time, was USC. Oh, I didn't know that. That's interesting. We should have written about that in your essay, and we didn't. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, so finding that I got into USC was like a magical hallelujah. All the things that I did came together moment. You have evolved so much. And in the short time that I've known you, which is now a year-ish, right? A year almost. I really think that you changed so much in a good way. I mean, I know kids weren't the nicest to you when you were younger. You shared that with me early on. But you remained resilient, not just throughout this process, but really in life. I mean, you have this voracious appetite for learning and a true scholarly spirit. You learn for the sake of learning and you're passionate about it. And that's, that's special. That's really, really special. Uh, final words then. How do you think you have grown and how do you expect to continue to grow throughout college and beyond? Well, first of all, thank you for the very, very kind words. Um, I actually asked my mom this a couple of days ago and uh-huh. she said, you've grown a little bit nuts. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then she proceeded to say something very sweet and, you know, yada, yada, yada. But I think that this process has helped me grow even more resilient, especially when it comes time to see the rejections. I didn't take them nearly as hard mm-hmm. as I thought I would because I'm a pretty sensitive person. Mm-hmm. And being told no by a school you really wanted to get into, it kind of sucks. Right. But, you know, I kind of took that and just took sad bites of cheesecake instead. Right. Yeah. Good. And how I expect to grow, I think, I hope, I'm just going to continue becoming a better and a kinder and more open person to the opportunities around me, especially at USC because it's such an active environment. I really do want to get immersed in the world around me, especially because my major is journalism and I really want to learn how to apply those skills in real life. Good. And and USC is in, in LA and it's so close to so many different things. Mm-hmm. You really will get a wealth of opportunities going to USC. And, and I have no doubt in my mind that you'll be something great and someone great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that you have, again, grown so much and I, I feel so blessed to be a part of this opportunity with you. And I can't really wait to see what you do in the future. Well, thank you. That's really nice. The funny thing is that I have still yet to meet Deanna's father, Mike. After the recording of this episode, I had lunch with Deanna. Her mom was there afterwards to pick her up, and I asked Deanna if I could walk her to her mom's car. Remember, I saw Deanna through online sessions only. So I met her mom, and I thanked her. Her mom hugged me, planted a classic Eastern European kiss on my cheek, and said thank you. But I am honestly thankful. I'm thankful to meet these remarkable students who I know, without a sliver of doubt, in my mind, will be movers and shakers of the world. 
So that wraps up our last one-on-one -on, -one on the road to college. Make sure you unlock Deanna's full-length essay by donating to her favorite charity. You can find her essay at freebies.maryeducation.com. Thank you to all of our listeners and our guests for joining us on these one-on-ones. It's been a great journey with our recent graduates who are now officially college freshmen. We wish them the best of luck, and we hope the families listening have found their stories helpful in your own road to college. The great things about these special bonus episodes is that next month's episode is right around the corner. The Road to College returns in about a week with episode three. We are talking about the interview, definitely another daunting portion of the college admissions process. See you soon. The Road to College is brought to you by Mary Education, SoCal's premier test prep and tutoring experience. Want more information? Visit freebies.maryeducation.com to get more helpful articles, downloadables, and other resources. First-time clients can also receive a free consultation by signing up on our website. Bye!